putting the mental in fundamental. It's the Drew Marshall Show on Joy 1250. I love singing with these guys. I had such a great time with them so many years ago, the Blind Boys of Alabama. They actually paid for my hotel room when they came to the Toronto Jazz something. Folks, you are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. Thank you for tuning in. Up next is, uh, this is the stuff I love the most when it comes to doing my show. I'm going to read this to you and, and uh, kind of dial you in to, to this story. This is a quote from our next guest. When I first checked into the hospital, the doctors told me I only had a couple of weeks to live. Can you imagine that? Wendy Sasso joins us. She uh, She's going to be speaking to us from her palliative care bed at Sunnybrook Hospital, where she's been for three weeks, roughly. And uh, she's the same type of rare cancer that the former mayor of Toronto had, Rob Ford. Uh, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this right. Limaya sarcoma, I think. Anyway, it's a death sentence, bottom line, from the first day of diagnosis. Single mom for the last... 24 years, I think Wendy has had to carry a load she was never designed to carry alone, yet she's quick to give thanks to a God that might not heal her. Uh, somehow, she's, though these days have been feeling pretty good and feeling stronger, and I don't know what today is like, but, I mean, is she being healed, or is this just a brief respite before the end? Is false hope better than no hope? How does someone keep their light when things seem so dark? And these are the kind of questions I love asking people like Wendy. Hi, Wendy. How are you today? Like, really, how are you today? Hi, Drew. Um, every day is new. And today is, you know, I have to say again, a not too bad day, right? Pretty good. Nice. All things considered. Yeah. Nice. Now, when I was reading that stuff, what was jumping through your brain? When you were reading my testimony, yeah, yeah, or? just that yeah. whole that whole blurb there, yeah. What what was going through your brain? First yeah. of all, was it accurate? Yeah, I mean, I they asked me from my church if I would just do a testimony of my journey mm-hmm. um, since day one, and it was it was really basically just how I felt. But are you? I mean, let's get into these questions at the end of end of the the thing that I read here. You know, let's talk about hope. Is false hope better than no hope? In other words, is is you believing that God will heal you better than not believing that God will heal you? Heal you? I would say sure. Um, of course. I mean, Paul's hope is right. When you have a strong faith, like I do, and a strong relationship with Jesus Christ, I really believe the promise that has been given to us all throughout the Scriptures that, you know, um, I'm going to be healed one way or the other whether it's on this side of heaven or the next. And so why would I not want to have that kind of hope? You know, for me to live is truly Christ, because that's what I believe I was put here on this earth for. And to die is, oh my gosh, I can't help but say it's kind of exciting in a weird way. People might think I'm warped, (laughs) but, you know, to know that when I close my eyes on this side, um, if God doesn't choose to heal me here, then when I open my eyes, I'm going to be in his glory. I'm going to be seeing the God that we've always learned about, that we've been taught to believe, and not even just taught to believe, had a, a strong relationship with, right? The Christ that I've 
grown to know and love, when I open my eyes, I'm going to be in his presence. Hmm. And in a place where I've been promised that there's no more sickness, no more pain, that every beautiful thing on this earth is going to be magnified by like a hundred thousand times that I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, why would I not want to live in that kind of hope? Well, do you do you see how people um, have changed around you? Those that interact with you, and um, yeah. you know, do they? How are how are how are people treating you these days? Is it weird? I, it's really weird. People are coming out of the woodwork because of a video that I just simply did to share that hope and, and, and express my journey with others. People are emailing me and telling me how much it's impacted their life. I'm blown away. I've got like my dentist came to see me. You know, I'm, I'm like, oh my goodness. I did not have any idea it was going to impact people this way. And I have friends who are not believers and who have said to me, watch me go through this journey. And I've said, Wendy, I wish I could have this faith and peace that you have, you know? So, and I'm like, you can. <laughs> you can, you know, all you have to do is reach out and take it. It's God's gift to you. But I mean, I'm I'm absolutely astounded. Astounded by the number of people. People I haven't seen in 35 years are coming to visit me. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so you know what? Look, uh, typical questions that I might ask as a hospital chaplain coming in to visit you, I might say something like, not, not just how are you feeling, but I would specifically say, are you scared? Yeah, my, my hospital chaplain actually um, was, strangely enough, was an engineer and had a calling to become a chaplain. So he's almost kind of the reverse of you. But he said to me, you know, where are you getting your strength? And even my palliative care doctor, when I was at home, a Jewish, a lovely Jewish man, said, where are you getting your strength and your hope? And I said, honestly, I'm getting it from Jesus. Of course, I get encouragement from people who are around me, but... Um, there's, you know, the Bible verse talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding, and that's really all I can explain it as. That's, Jesus has walked with me through every step of the journey, not just of, of cancer, but of other things that I've had to go through before. And each step of the way, he's shown me he's with me. Okay, you're using language that a lot of people don't understand. So Jesus has been with me. What does that mean? It means that I have a personal relationship with Jesus that I don't expect anyone to understand because it's not something I can explain. It's um, something that was, that I reached out and took, you know, um, and it's a very odd thing if you're not a believer, if you don't, if you don't really get it, but um, it all comes through a, a journey, a lifelong journey of, of reading the scriptures of trusting, stepping out in faith and putting my trust. Faith is a choice, right? So you've got to at some point make a choice. Um, and that step of faith to say, okay, Jesus, you know, you're telling me this in the scripture. You're offering me this relationship. I'm going to, I'm going to accept it. And suddenly it's like a, I can't explain. It's like a friend, 
who comes alongside you, you know, and when I'm really down or things are going really, really badly, it's him that I call out to. And it's almost like having a constant friend with you. Do do you have friends or family that think you're nuts? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, they, But they're watching it and it seems so real to them, I guess. And they can't, it's not something they can deny, you know. They don't really understand it, but um, they're watching it and they're going, oh, okay, well, there's got to be something to this, you know. Also, okay, many of my family have now also come to the uh, the same, you know, belief as me. My sister is very, very strong believer, and so is my daughter. Hmm. But um, is, is there some a, of them think I'm nuts. Is there a chance that someone like your daughter, I don't know your daughter, I don't even know you really, but um, is there a chance that your daughter, like I'm just imagining if... If I was your daughter and you were going through this, and then we'd lean into God and go, please heal mom, you know, you apparently yes. you heal, and the Bible says you heal, and I've heard about healing stories, and so God, come on, my mom's yes. awesome, and she loves you when you heal her, and then you die. If I yes. was your daughter, I'd be right ticked off. Yeah, yeah, she's going through all kinds of emotions right now, anger and confusion, and, you know, but luckily, she had this faith before this happened to me. So now, you know, it's a, I guess it's a bit easier for her, but still, she's like, I'm losing my mom. I don't want to lose my mom, yeah. you know? Um, but we've talked, we've had so many talks about it, and um, the fact that ultimately we trust in God's big plan, because we can't see the bird's eye plan, you know? And um, I do trust that God heals, because that's what he promised us, that but ultimately, still, I go, okay, it's it's up to you, God. It's your will, whether you want to do this or not. Wendy, what if, what if there is no God? What if well, you if, die and that's it? Yeah. Well, then, have I really wasted anything, though, believing my whole life that there is? Like, you know, um, I think I'm better off having lived a life where I could always call on someone, my life is, a, I think, more enriched, a better life, because I've had this faith. So if I finally get there and there's no God, then I really didn't have anything to lose in the first place, did yeah. I? No, that's, I mean, uh, that's, I believe that's called Pascal's Wager. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. Which is something you can Google if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, okay, so that, I, I get that. What about, what about the freedom to discuss death? without it taking over everything about you. I know that there are many people who don't want to utter the word death around someone who's dying. There's someone who, and there's so many people who are dying who don't want to admit they're, that they're dying. Have I you know. been have you been given a freedom to actually talk about the D word? Oh gosh, yes. I talk about it all the time. Hmm. I talk about it with everybody because I'm so not afraid of it, you know, and I think it's something everybody should talk about and think about because this is where the rubber meets the road, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you're born, you live your life and as best you can and stuff. But when it comes down to dying that we, none of us are going to escape it. And I think all of us should think about it, you know, mm-hmm. think about our eternity. Like it's really important. Um, any, oh, gee, I don't even know. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go there. Um, sure. Have you tied up your loose ends? Are you ready to die? 
And I don't mean I'm, I'm ready to go meet the Lord and we're ready to, you know, shoot basketball no. with, with Jesus. I mean, <laughs> I mean, are, are you ready to die? Everything's been taken care of. I didn't want to leave any burden for my daughter. Okay. I have arranged all my cremation. Um, everything's paid for. Um, the, I know I lost my mom at a fairly young age. I was, I was still in my 20s. Hmm. And um, I was completely green. I had no idea what to do. And my faith wasn't strong back then either. But everything's taken care of. Even my memorial service, I wrote out um, how I'd like my memorial service to go. Like I, <laughs> I'm uh, so my cremation's done. I've I've um, done a little thing where I bought an urn that floats on the lake, and it's biodegradable, and it floats for thirty seconds, and you just put it off you know, out a, a canoe or something, because the lake is crown land, and so anything, you know, you're allowed to do that. Wow. So, um, yeah, and then my memorial service is all written up for whenever I said to my daughter, whenever you're ready. It doesn't have to be right after. It's just I know that friends and family like to have that kind of thing, sure. you know, over sure. it. Yeah, so it's all, it's all done. What would you, Wendy, this is a weird question, but just bear with me. Okay. They're what? all weird questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what would you say at your funeral? What would I say I, I feel? No, just what would you say? You're standing there at your own funeral. Your body's in the casket behind you or in the urn or whatever, and you're at yeah. your own funeral. What would you say to everybody standing there or sitting there at, at your funeral? What, say, you, here, all of a sudden, you're the speaker at your own funeral. I would say, guys this rocks because I have such confidence in where I'm going. I would say if you could see what I see right now, you wouldn't be afraid. If you could see your Savior and your Lord and your, you know, this beautiful place, you would not be afraid. And I would so encourage you to discover, to go out and seek this Jesus that I love so much and who loves you so much. I would say, have a party, man, because I'm doing fine. It's interesting. Um, one of the reasons that you're on the show is because you and I have a mutual friend, Linda. That's right. And Linda told me, I said, I said, this is going to sound, so this is going to make me look like even more of a jerk than people already think I am. But uh, <laughs> I said, is she a raving evangelical lunatic who has irritated you every day with the Jesus agenda? That's not, that's not quite how I worded it, but close enough. And Linda said, no, she has not done that at all. Not in the slightest. She is, she's my God friend. She, you know, I, uh, she, yeah. she's a strong believer, but she's not pushed it on me. She's not shoved it at me. She's not, it's not always, you know, hey, can I have the milk over there? Oh, praise God. Isn't it great that God made milk? <laughs> like, you know, those irritating people. I know they're really irritating. Right. And that's why I wanted you on the show because, uh, I don't know, because, I, I guess I picked up from that that you have been r relationally authentic, and that's important, uh, I think, when it comes to communicating, especially at the end. And yeah, and let me let me just say that right there, the end. You, does yeah. that does that wig you out? It's it's a strange place to be because I thought I came into um, palliative, literally to die. You know, the the doctor said a couple weeks and. And I, it's so weird because, so I was prepared. I was thinking dying thoughts. I was like, okay, Jesus, you know, you're ready to take me home and stuff like that. But 
and I don't know what's happened in the past like week or two, man. I'm feeling stronger. It's like, so maybe God's saying, I'm not quite ready for you yet, you know? Like dying doesn't necessarily have to look like two weeks. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what God's doing? God is getting your room ready, and he bought some stuff from Ikea, and he needs a little more time just to put it together. <laughs> I believe that. Oh, my God. He lost the instructions. You lost the Allen key. Yeah, you lost the Allen key. That's right, yeah. Oh, boy. That's right. Yeah, no, as far as Linda goes, as far as my agenda has been, my agenda is first and foremost to love others, because that is what we were called to do, right? Jesus said, love your God with all your might, and the second most important is to love others as yourself. And so my agenda, you know, if in loving others that brings them to Christ, then that's great. But I was never called to beat them over the head with Bibles. And so I'm just loving. I just, I love Linda. I love her. And um, of course, I would love her to know this Jesus that I love too, but I'm not going to hit her over the head. No, I think your life has done that. Not your words. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Well done, as uh, I, as I hear Jesus might actually say to you on the other side. Well done, good and faithful servant. I run the race. That's all I'm concerned about. Yeah. And I believe I will get the prize. <laughs> well, as condescending and trite as this might sound, because I don't I don't know you, but I from what I know of you, um, you have finished strong. Well. Good for that you. Is, uh, that's what I hope and pray. Yeah, and wherever it takes me, if you don't see me again in the next couple of months, if I'm gone, yeah, remember my words. I'm doing well. I'm doing fine. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a pleasure to speak with you. Like, seriously. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and and uh, and you're nobody, Wendy. You're not. You're no, not. I... <laughs> I will be the first one to acknowledge. That's why I said that. Yeah, I'm nobody. <laughs> but no, but you're the impact that this that this that this life of nobody has has had on, uh, on those in your life is is I would dare say more impactful than than those who are somebody. Then I've interviewed so many somebodies, and I wonder about the real, legitimate, long term impact that their world, their life, their words have had on oh. on the world, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm busting. I just want to say this. You go, girl. That's what thank I want to you. say. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You cheer me on. Thank you so much, Drew. Wendy, thank you for chatting. Bye-bye. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Wendy Sasso, wow, on uh, the phone with us from her palliative care bed at Sunnybrook Hospital. I don't get that joy. This is why they call it the joy that surpasses understanding. It's just, you know, and I, I can hear my my critical mind going, well, you know, maybe it's the medication. <laughs> uh, well, maybe she's just delusional. Well, maybe, she, you know, she's been believing this for so long that it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. And that's where I come down to it. Like, well, anyway. I get it. You get it. Yeah, because I've been there. All right. Remember that old uh, testimony of mine? Like, I had what this strange lump they found in my brain with a CAT scan and I was told and they told me it was massive and it wouldn't be very long it turned out to be something completely different but I did face my mortality and, and I get it I remember that moment when I was told it I remember looking up to the ceiling and just saying it's in your hands dude mm. 
And oh God, dude, dude. And I just remember this this piece that transcends all understanding as the the scriptures go or the yep. you know the Anglican prayer book or whatever it is. <laughs> I get it, and you, you just. It's like being a parent. You, everyone will tell you what it's like, but until you do it, until you're there, you don't know. Yeah. Okay, a very short break. Stay with us. But the welcome I receive with the restart. 